1: Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Social Selling with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP.
0: Welcome, 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 and if you want to run with the Game Changers, oh, you know I promise you're in the right place because you already know you are. The buzz today, finally. No, I'm not going to sing it. Finally. No, I won't sing it. Let's talk. This is Social Selling with Game Changers. That's what we're going to talk about today. Social Selling has been grabbing business headlines since at least 2012, and if you think it happened, started happening before that, let me know. Send me an email. Find us at hashtag SAP Radio on Twitter and tell us the difference companies worldwide are hanging on to every word of advice from a few social selling gurus who have emerged as the leaders why well they're blogging they're speaking they're writing books they're making speaking engagements they are all over the place as a matter of fact many of them these gurus have appeared on this series and we're very honored about that but let's stop let's hit the pause button A lot of things going on. A lot of things are being said as the truth. They're observations. They're insights. But do they really work? It's time for us to take a peek behind that curtain and find out if social selling is actually delivering on its promise. Is it a proven cure-all, some know the word panacea, for old-school, impersonal, annoying, cold calling? That's right. Hit as many names on that speed dial as you can and bother them until they pay attention to you and then sell them something. Oh, no. We also want to know if social selling best practices are set in stone. Do the gurus know exactly how to do it yet? It's still fairly new as a science. I prefer to think of it as an art. Or is it still evolving to the point where you, in our listening audience all over the world, might develop your own best practice for social selling, and you'd love to share it with us and our audience. So... Whom are we going to ask about this? Well, we have three of our most favorite, I hope they're blushing now, our most favorite go-to thought leaders. We've asked them to share their insights. So the format today will be a little bit different. I'm going to start with our three thought leaders. I'm going to introduce them, and they each sent me a quote in their own words about social selling. We'll use that as a starting point. Then we'll ask what's in their cup today. You know how that works, a little storytelling. Then we'll take our break, and when we come back, we're going to dive into the headlines on Social Selling for the Enterprise, we're going to take apart words of wisdom with perhaps a question mark after that word wisdom from seven of the experts out there, and let's see where it all comes up. Okay, so first up on the panel, Kurt Shaver, CEO of the Sales Foundry. Welcome back, Kurt, and Kurt sent me the following quote. The first thing you should do as a social seller is enhance your LinkedIn profile, create a good impression before jumping in. Kurt, welcome back. How are you today? Hey,
2: great, Bonnie. I'm doing fine.
0: Talk to me. LinkedIn, how many minutes, hours, and months a day should it take for you to hone that profile and make a good impression? What is a good impression? Let's start with that, Kurt.
2: Well, it amazes me, Bonnie, how many people that have spent years and maybe even decades building their professional reputation, and they just don't put the effort into their LinkedIn profile, which in the online world, I mean, that's your website. That's your professional website as an individual. So, you know, I have uh, people that are, you know, selling six- and seven-figure deals that have embarrassing photos shot with an iPhone when they were on vacation in Mount Rushmore and things like that that just do not represent their professional persona at all. So I always tell people, you've got to get that thing ready so that you're dressed for the party before you really engage on LinkedIn.
0: I, I love that. Let me ask you a quick question, Kurt. Maybe they, they think they're so special. They're going to be the next head carved in stone on Mount Rushmore. We could <laughs> just leave that one alone. Maybe it's wishful thinking. You know what they say? The universe, the vibrations, the vibrational things going on and exactly. the, uh, the energy, it out there. putting it out there, right? But more a lot of important. Attraction. One little bit of advice from you, Kurt, if you don't mind telling us a good impression. Should they be saying, I did this, I did that, I have sold 25000 multi thousand multi-million-dollar deals, or should it be, I am a such and such professional with a track record for XYZ, I can help you do and then list what they can do for the reader. What's your quick advice on how to position the LinkedIn profile?
2: Great question. Well, the short answer is position it for your, what you're trying to accomplish. So if you're trying to win new clients, then you need to be speaking to clients, how you can help them, how you've helped others like them. Um, only if you're seeking a new job would you position it the way that you indicated where they're talking about their accomplishments, right? I uh, 110% of quota 10 years in a row I made President's Club. That that sort of a resume is not attracting mm-hmm new clients at your existing job, that's for recruiters, and there's also a big red flag to your current uh, management, assuming (laughs) you're working there.
0: Yes. Okay. So we could say, get over yourself, right? Yeah get get over yourself okay think about what the other person needs to know thank you kurt great start let's welcome back another returning guest jim fields vp of customer experience marketing for sap and jim has something very provocative to say in his own words the term social selling is actually a bad name for what we're talking about Woo, jim fields welcome back how are you today
3: i am doing great bonnie thank you and um Although I stand by that comment, which I think I first made on this um show uh last year
0: mm-hmm.
3: um I do think it's changing, so I do so the, the original the genesis of that comment was the fact that um you know when you participate in social channels and try and connect to people through social media the, the you you really need to present an authentic persona. Um and use that to make connections to people in ways that they then may lead to deeper relationships that could involve um you know, providing goods and services to the, the people that you connect with. But the, the the entry point really needs to be your authentic self, uh not yourself as someone trying to sell something to somebody. That being said, I think over the past year there has been um much greater acceptance really on the part of people in business Um, for tools like LinkedIn and others' social media um, to be able to really uh, identify who you want to bring into your circle of people that you kind of trust as advisors and also um, a willingness to allow that to develop um, more quickly into a, a business relationship. So I think as this Uh, As these media mature, um, there's also a greater um, willingness for people in business to use them for that purpose, And, and that's actually happened faster than I thought it would.
0: Thank you very much. Appreciate that, Jim. Good introduction from you as well. We'll talk more about that. And rounding out our panel today is Kirsten Boyleau, Director of Digital Startup, leading the SAP Social Business and Social Selling Initiatives for SAP Global Marketing. And she is the sponsor of this series. And we're delighted she's back for season two. And Kirsten has a provocative phrase to share with us as well. She says, sales can't do social selling without marketing. And Marketing Can't Do Social Selling Without Sales. Kirsten, welcome back. How are you? I am great, thanks, Bonnie. How are you? I'm well, thank you. So what do you think so far? How are your your, uh, go-to people doing?
4: This panel is amazing. They always are. So I can't really say too much more. They just are,
0: they know how to to handle the the pressure of, radio. <laughs> <laughs> I, the reason I asked you is because we're going to ask them to do something unusual after we take our quick break, and you know we're going to ask them to respond ad hoc, ad hoc spontaneously to uh, headline news from other gurus in social selling, so I want to butter them up a little bit so they're nice and relaxed. Kirsten, tell me, do you still stand by your previous statement, sales can't do social without marketing, and marketing can't do it without sales? I
4: absolutely uh, believe that, and it, it's really
0: interesting how the, those two very different functions within
4: um, an organization are having to almost merge together in some ways um, to, to really accomplish social selling within an organization. And it's I, I absolutely stand by this. It really
0: is um, the way to move forward is to, to bring those two organizations together. Okay, are they liking each other a little bit more since you made that statement last year, Kirsten? Are they shaking hands, holding hands, and singing "Kumbaya"? Or are they still saying <laughs> "It's mine, it's mine"? What do you think?
4: Um, I, no, they're not saying necessarily "It's mine, it's mine." But it, you know, change is uncomfortable, and and asking people to to do something that they're not familiar with or they don't feel is their um, function within a business uh, is is um is very difficult to do, and so getting them to, to you know really understand the value behind changing the way that they've always done things and, and doing something new in a new way. Uh, if you can make that connection for them uh, and make it really relevant for them, then then they get it. But if you can't make that connection, if you if you're not good at you know drawing those those pictures for them, then it's a little bit
0: more difficult, and they're like, mm, I don't really want to do that. That's not my job. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so and I guess, that leads to leads yeah, to some. I'm, I'm leads yeah, and that leads to some interesting predictions we're going to cover on later when we rip from the headlines, Kirsten, about what the meaning and what the success rate will be for companies that refuse to or are laggards in adopting social selling. Now it's already what we're mid-April. Uh, we're live today, mid-April. It's April twelfth, twenty sixteen, and it's been a year since you started this series with us. So a lot has happened, and let's see where it has to where it has evolved, or if it's still revolving and rev revolutionizing, selling. Let's circle back to Kurt Shaver. Kurt, where are you calling from? What's in your cup today? Let's do this fast. We'll take our quick break and then we're going to come back and dive in. Kurt?
2: Sure, thanks, Bonnie. I am calling from Santa Rosa, California. Which is about an hour north of San Francisco. and uh, today I am drinking some uh, leftover, well about 30 minute leftover. Um, fresh juice that my wife just made she she is like into the juicer kick she got a new one about uh two weeks ago, and so uh, I get her her leftovers I think today it 's green apples, oranges, carrots, beets, ginger, and kale uh, before she before she you know because she does it sequentially right it It looks like a tequila sunrise before she <laughs> stirs it up. <laughs>
0: You should only be so lucky. Right, exactly. <laughs> that would be a real
2: eye opener. But yeah, no, just uh, just, just just ginger kale and vegetables going on right now.
0: That sounds very healthy, uh, amazingly healthy. When I put my half of banana, one ice cube, my 1% milk, a little spoonful of cocoa, unsweetened cocoa, and a little agave syrup into the, the mini blender and, you know, hit that. You have to hold the switch to make it work. It's not one of those turn on and walk away. I said to myself, Bonnie, there's kale in the refrigerator. You had it as with your salad for dinner. It was the main ingredient with cabbage and Brussels sprouts last night. Take the damn kale and put it in with the banana and the milk, forget about the cocoa, and see what happens? And the other part of me said, nah. <laughs> so you. the kale's still in the fridge. But I th- I think you've inspired me, Kurt. After the show, I'm going to go make a kale smoothie, and we'll see if I live to tell. Thank you very much. Tell your wife I said hi and healthy, happy. Uh, Jim Fields, where are you calling from? What are you drinking today?
3: Hey, you guys live very complicated lives, it sounds like. <laughs> I'm I'm calling for, for once I'm in the office, I'm calling from uh, SAP's North America headquarters at Newtown Square in the Philadelphia suburbs, and I am drinking a little bit of fresh brewed uh, iced tea with some lemon that uh, we're lucky enough to have a cafeteria here in the building, and they always Mm
2: -hmm.
0: have
3: fresh brewed uh, iced tea available for us, so I'm taking advantage of that this
0: morning. Oh, nice. And it's it should be, if your weather was anything like ours here on Long Island, we're not that far apart, actually, about two hours and change by train. Is it raining and pluing, as my ex-mother-in-law used to say? It's pluing, French. And uh, is it raining and kind of gray and yucky out and a little bit on the warm would, side, maybe?
3: I would say the sky is crying.
0: <laughs> oh, it, for joy that you're having iced tea and you're so optimistic. I appreciate that. I just plugged that in. Thank you very much, Jim. Kirsten Boileau, are you in Canada today or where are you and what are you drinking?
4: I am not in Canada today. Today I am in Chicago, Illinois, uh, speaking at an event here and um, taking a break in my uh, hotel room. And I, There was a Starbucks downstairs, so I got myself a, an Oprah cinnamon
0: chai latte. Ooh, ooh, that sounds good. We got a real drink here. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. Okay, well, I'm drinking cool, clear water, Brita filter, a little bit of a pinky orange straw because I'm hoping we get sunshine. It seems to peek through the clouds and the rain these days here in New York. One minute it's ugh, and the next minute it's wow, and you close the blinds because the daylight is blinding you, and then the next minute you hear the rain again. I think we're, I think we're getting Florida weather, but I digress. Guess what? Our topic today is social selling, fantasy or fix. Hype or hope. Three experts speak and our experts are Kurt Shaver of the Sales Foundry, Jim Fields at SAP, Kirsten Boyleau at SAP. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. We're going to take a really quick break. And when we come back, we're going to rip from the headline statements by other gurus in social selling. And we're going to see, we're going to examine things like leaders need to become social selling champions, true or false. Do you need to really align your sales, marketing and enablement to make social selling programs work? how much training and support is really needed by an organization? Is social selling just a natural skill? How do you measure the impact? What about the future of sales? Is this just a passing fad? And what about organizational adoption? Does the C-suite need to reach down from whatever perch they're in or whatever side of the building and say, yes, we endorse this, we embrace this, and we're all for it? And what is the number one priority for social selling? Just a few of the headlines we're going to pull apart and see what Kurt, Jim, and Kirsten have to say. So don't even think of touching that mouse that app that dial we'll be right back you don't want to miss this one justin out
1: when it comes to business you'll find the experts here Voice America Business Network. Social media is taking sales organizations by storm, and only those who adapt quickly into the new digital world will be around in the future. Social selling is a new tool that has implications to all lines of business, from building the fundamentals in the sales process and getting the content marketing mix right, to building cross-functional teams and building the systems to truly measure the impact of social. Join our experts as they analyze and discuss how social selling is changing the world of business. Social selling with Game Changers is presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Social Selling with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Social Selling with Game Changers.
0: Indeed, we are. We are social selling and we are on the air with three very interesting game changers. We love having them back over and over again. It's Kurt Shaver, CEO of the Sales Foundry, Jim Fields, VP of Customer Experience Marketing for SAP, and Kirsten Boyleau, our favorite go to guru of social selling. She teaches, she trains, she speaks, she lectures, she blogs, and she's the sponsor of this series. Woohoo! So today we're doing something a little bit different. Our topic is social selling fantasy or fix hype or hope. And we're hoping that it will fix your old fashioned not working anymore selling methods, and we are hoping that it has hope rather than just being fluffy fantasy hype. So we are going to look at the headlines. I found an interesting article, interesting to me, called Social Selling for the Enterprise Seven Experts Speak. We've got our own three experts today. I'm just going to read a little blurb from this article. We're going to try and get through all seven and maybe more, and we'll go through our panel and see what they say, and I've warned them in advance just because the people I'm quoting may be very famous and may be listening and may have been on the show, doesn't mean you have to agree with them. So first headline is, and by the way, the article is on salesforlife.com, and it was a blog called Social Sales Enablement, Social Selling for the Enterprise, Seven Experts, weigh in if you want to find it. So number one, leaders need to become social selling champions, buy-in from management on important initiatives is essential. But with social selling, I believe it's even more so. This statement came from Amar Sheth, S-H-E-T-H. I know he's been on one of our shows social selling evangelist. Let's start with this one. Kurt Shaver, agree, disagree? Talk to me. Uh,
2: absolutely disagree. I mean, you know, social selling is just a type of sales training, but it's, but it's maybe unique in the sense that the, the leader, who is not really a frontline seller, um, can actually practice it and demonstrate it and lead by example, right? Very different than a lot of other sales training techniques. And so uh, definitely the Clients that I've been involved with in training initiatives see the ones that where the leader is. Really out front, where it's clear that they're leading by example, that they're participating. Those are the ones that have the greatest success. And I'll add one other little little element in that, and that uh, one of the things that I do with my clients, uh, we we like to have contests along the way because salespeople like to be at the top of the leaderboard and win different things like best profile or best networker or best LinkedIn success story or something like that. And so one of the ways that we engage the leader in that process is that when when somebody wins, when a salesperson wins one of those contests, um, <clears throat> I prompt the leader when we send out the announcement and everybody sees the email. I prompt the the leader to then do a reply all to everybody and say, "Hey, you know, hey, congratulations, Sally Jones for winning best profile. I look forward to the future winners down the road and so that signals to the salespeople that the leader is invested in these results they are watching it and so that little kudo is just one other way that they can kind of be out front
0: okay thank you very much let's turn to jim fields jim agree or disagree with that statement and or with kurt shaver
2: i
3: think leaders uh need to be always selling right um and I think they're, they're understanding now that social selling is the next tool in the bag of the professional salesperson. And, and you could be a salesperson at any role within the organization, right? That's the beauty of social media because you're representing the brand. And just a quick anecdote. We had our president of North America and COO uh, come to us last year and say, hey, give us some training and social selling, uh, help us with our LinkedIn profiles. You know, a lot of the stuff that Kurt was talking about before, um, we did that and they, they absolutely, like the, the light bulb. So for our field kickoff meeting this year where we bring together all sales and field-facing uh, people for three days of training, um, we we they had to sponsor a um, social selling session run by my friend uh, and colleague, Nick Robinson, who I think you may know.
0: Mm-hmm. And it was sure, he's been remotely. on several shows. Mm-hmm.
3: It was standing room only, and that, and, and that was largely due to the fact that our leaders had signaled that this is something important that people need to become, um, you know, competent
0: in. Thank you very much. I think he just dropped out there for a second. Kirsten Boylow I'm going to let you come in on this one. What do you think? Leaders need to become social selling champions. True or false? Agree, disagree. Uh, I would definitely agree that leaders need to become social selling champions because uh, if you think
4: about it from a sales rep standpoint, they have so many things that they need to do in a certain day, um, you know, all the way through the buying cycle, all the way through the sales cycle. And what they are missing out on is um, if, they don't, if, if a leader uh, doesn't take ownership of that social selling, um, you know, enablement and um, – and an overall commitment to it, the sales reps themselves, unless they are really are, um, you know, absolutely committed to telling the rest of their team, how important this is, they're not going to go against their manager. Their manager doesn't see it as important, then they can't mm. they can't afford to spend the time on it. Whereas, uh, if the leader says, you know, this is absolutely something that's important, there the sales reps will um, pay attention. And uh, you know, I, Kurt was saying something about you know having a leader. Um, uh, re-share somebody won a a profile contest great you know that shows that leadership that commitment to it um so i would and you know for uh from jim's example from north america that uh, that that absolute leadership commitment is essential to people um actively taking part and, and really using this to transform them transform themselves digitally
0: Thank you very much. Appreciate that. Let's move on to statement number two from this article I found. And the statement is, having sales, marketing, and enablement, all three departments aligned, will set your social selling program up for success through the alignment Sales reps will be accountable. They'll know which marketing content they should use at the right time, and they'll have to continually improve their skills knowing the important role social selling plays in their jobs. This is a quote from Jamie Shanks at Sales for Life, and we've had him on the show. So I'm going to go back around the panel, and let's see, agree or disagree, and don't be afraid to disagree or add a shade of meaning if you think it's something different. Let's go back to Kurt Shaver. Kurt?
2: So social selling is so interesting to implement in an enterprise because of how it straddles sales and marketing and uh, you know I've uh, often joked that it's the the best opportunity really for sales and marketing to get together that that I've ever seen in in 30 years of corporate selling. So Jamie's absolutely right, it does involve those those um Departments and if the company does have a sales enablement or sales training or, what, or whatever they call it in the middle of sales and marketing, that can really facilitate it. Uh, you know, a, a lot of times I see projects starting on one end or the other, meaning mm-hmm. either driven by marketing or driven by sales. And they sometimes get a little bit out of balance because social selling, I, I think, is outbound prospecting plus inbound marketing. And so you have to have both of those uh, disciplines and understanding. So if you've got sales enablement in the middle to kind of play that intermediary of uh, marketing content skills and sales prospecting skills, then that's really going to yield the best results.
0: Okay. Let's go to Jim Fields. Thoughts, Jim?
2: Yeah, I
3: think um – it's, it's all about the maturity curve, right? Um, one of my favorite books of all time is Jeffrey Moore's Crossing the Chasm, right? And he talks about early adopters and, and the missionary and what it takes to launch something new into the market. You need those early adopters to really blaze the trail and show what's possible and inspire others to follow. And I think we've moved through that phase now with social selling. And now I think you see uh, enterprises beginning to put in place the tools, the enablement, the training, uh, and the accountability—you um, know—for their people to become competent in these skills, and so um, te- teams are building this into their, you know, university um, uh, curriculums. Within big companies, uh, they're doing train-the-trainer programs all across the enterprise. We've in the last year we've trained over 150 people to be to be in that role, um, and they're also seeing the early results um, that are now inspiring people to really pay attention to this. So I do think we've passed through that missionary phase, and and now it really is important for companies that want to maintain a leadership position in this area to really get the alignment right uh, um, across um, sales, marketing, and the the enablement of those teams um, to become proficient in these skills.
0: Thank you very much. Kirsten Boyleau, thoughts?
4: Well, I just want to respond to something that Jim said uh, in regards to crossing the chasm. And at, at uh, LinkedIn Sales Connect conference last fall, they they said that social selling had crossed the chasm. And I spoke with numerous people, both uh, you know people that were there to attend the conference and thought leaders that were there to speak. And... In my experience, there was there was very few people that had actually adopted social selling as an activity, as a sales methodology within their organization. I really, um, I really felt after I had actually gone to the conference with the impression that we had crossed the chasm. But actually, speaking to the people there that were you know there to learn about how to implement social selling within their organization, I realized that we actually hadn't crossed that chasm that there was very few people that had actually started adopting it. That was six months ago. I suppose that, you know, it's possible that there has been, um, you know, some movement in that area. Things change all the time in social selling. Um, But I'm not 100% sure that we've, you know, cross that chasm. Maybe we're part way across, but not quite all the way across yet. Uh, as to the actual, you know, aligning sales, marketing, enablement, I want to go back to something that Kurt said about, you know, it starts at one end or the other often, not always, but often it, it's um, someone has to take ownership and say, I'm going to innovate. I'm going to be different. I'm going to do something that's going to rock our boat and see what happens. Uh, and it's very rare for you to be able to get all three of those departments to align on that innovation and that, you know, um, starting something new. They, But it, it happens, uh, it, but it's just a little bit more rare, I would think. But I think in order to for it to actually evolve, you know, someone starting it is different from it actually taking hold within an organization. And for it to actually take hold within an organization, you absolutely have to align those three departments and make sure that... Um, It it is aligned and the strategic direction makes sense
0: for all three uh, to, to actually implement Thank you, Kirsten. Thank you, panel. I'm going to move on. We have a lot to cover here. Doing great. And now let's turn to something we've already mentioned. We mentioned the word training. We mentioned the word support. But let's get down into the, basically to the nitty-gritty to, <laughs> to recapture an old phrase. Uh, I'm going to quote Jill Rowley, who apparently is scheduled to come back on this series in just a couple of weeks. Looking forward to that. And Jill says, learning how to use social networks. LinkedIn and Twitter, she specifies, requires more training than dialing a phone or sending email. True or false? And why don't we get into the specifics of the recipient of the training and support, if it's somebody who's been in sales as long as some of the panelists have been in sales. I think I heard somebody mention over 30 years of working in sales versus uh, a newbie, somebody like a millennial or younger entering the workforce who has literally grown up on Twitter. That's what the first thing they do in the morning is they tweet something. Now we want them to tweet for business, obviously. So uh, I'm going to shake this up a little bit and, and reorder the panel. So let's start this time with Jim Fields. Jim, what do you think? you agree or disagree with Jill?
3: Um, a little bit of both. I, I more agree with you, actually, in that <laughs> um, it, depends on who the, it depends on who the person is. Shock me.
0: Right. Shock, shock <laughs> me. Flatter the moderator. That'll always get you good points there. Go ahead, Jim. You you
3: you, you, you do get it right once in a while, Bonnie. I have to admit that. <laughs> oh, my. OMG.
0: <laughs> I, uh, okay. Blushing here. Go ahead.
3: I, I'm trying to reestablish my credibility and not just butter you up. Uh, no, but I just think. <laughs> You mentioned, you know, the digital natives, they come to the table fully formed mm-hmm. with all these skills around social uh, and and digital. And what, what they really need in terms of training, if you want to call it that, is more understanding the business context of what for them has been largely uh, purely a personal and social context. And I think we've seen, um, you know, the recent entrants into the business world are much more savvy about that now than maybe they were a few years ago where you know you you still saw the keg stand um um you know uh, photos out there on people's profiles um where i think the there is a real need for training and enablement are the people who have been traditionally successful in hitting their number using what we might call traditional techniques over the years and um, a lot of them have been largely resistant to looking at something like social selling as something they need to pay attention to because they've been successful without it in the past. And so that's where I think we really need to do a lot of education and, um, as we mentioned before, sponsorship from the leaders um, so that people really uh, can understand that, you know, just like 20 years ago you'd be told before you go into an account, you know, read their annual report and understand what Mm -hmm. their business priorities are. Uh, today, you still need to do that, but you also need to know uh, who the people are, how they um, how they represent themselves in social and digital networks, and use that to indicate how you might approach them in new ways, other than just a, a, a cold call, call or you know banging on their door. And uh, yeah, I do I do see that there is a fair amount of movement, at least within you know, our sales organization toward adopting social selling, um, you know, among the more experienced teams, but there's still a fair bit to go as well.
0: Thank you very much. Let's move to Kirsten. And don't worry, uh, Kurt, I'll come back to you. I'm just trying to change the order of the panel a little. Kirsten, what do you think?
4: So I would agree with with Jill that it does require more training because most people, a lot of people at, uh, in the sales role, they're, they're so busy in their day-to-day stuff that they, for, they, they don't take the time necessarily to learn the platforms. And to Jim's point about the digital natives and versus, you know, the more mature sales reps, um, what I've been talking about recently is that those digital natives, they, they totally understand social from a, and the, the actual technology itself. Um, from But, from a very personal standpoint, they use it to um to connect with their friends to find out what their friends are doing, to have conversations with their friends. What they don't get is that you know business context as you you just tweeted recently i just I just saw that come across um. Mm-hmm. They really do need that business context. I've got, I work a lot with the Sales Academy out in Dublin for SAP, and and they, you know, they often push back on me and say, "Well, I don't really see the the, the real point of." Of using these these tools, this isn't what sales is about. Whereas our more mature sales reps, they are uh, they've they've seen how uh, you know people are no longer picking up the phone, people don't respond to those cold emails, and so they're they're understanding that they there is an absolute need to engage in a different way. So, um, but they all, they need a little bit more training in the actual technologies themselves to understand how to use them. Um, once you talk to them uh, about, you know, engaging in the conversation and not being about a hard sell, they get it. Um, but they, they still
0: need to be reminded of that on a, on a consistent basis as well. Thank you. And let's circle back to Kurt Shaver. Thoughts, Kurt? Anything you want to add?
2: Uh, yeah, I'll add something to uh, what both um, Jim and Kirsten had said, a little bit talking about people's impressions maybe of the uh, age and the skill levels. So I was at the Digital Marketing Conference a few weeks ago where uh, LinkedIn's Sales Solutions VP of Marketing, Justin Schreiber, shared a very interesting statistic, and it got a lot of traction actually on LinkedIn as well. And he showed us a chart saying, and the title was, The Adoption of Social Selling is Higher Among Older Sales Professionals. Mm -hmm. That was a real surprise. Uh, So... um, Justin was basing this on LinkedIn's Social Selling Index, their SSI score, right? A score between 0 and 100. Probably talked about it many times on the show. And what this chart shows is that uh, social sellers that were surveyed, both 30 years old and lower, um, were averaging an SSI score of 27. And ones between 30 and 45 had a score of 33, and ones 45 years and older had a score of 34. So the takeaway from that is that the 45 and older sales reps, their social selling proficiency was rating 25% higher. And I just thought, and most people in the audience were very surprised by that statistic. And again, it just goes back to some of the points that, that the... Veteran salespeople understand the sales basics, and once they sort of grasp the tools and the technology, right, that they're very quick to absorb these things.
0: Mm. Thank you very much. Good point. Very good point. We've got a little bit of generational shading in that comment. Let's move on to another one. We've also had, I believe, uh, Julio Viscovich on this series, Kirsten, from R Factor, R-F-A-C-T-R. And here's an interesting quote, new topic for us, Measuring Impact. And Julio says... One of the biggest struggles for sales operation and management when implementing a social selling program is how to measure its success and report key metrics that show the ROI from social sales activities. That's a loaded statement. Uh, Agree or disagree, let's go with Jim Field first. Jim Fields?
3: At the end of the day, everybody always wants to measure, right? Because that tells you are you being successful or not in a particular initiative. And I think uh, there are tools in place now to enable us to do this with social selling. Um, you know, you always, whenever you talk about a particular tactic uh, influencing a sale, you have to go back to, you know, what some people might call an attribution model, which is, mm-hmm. um, you know, you could do 20 different uh, discrete activities along the sales cycle. Which one can you really say caused the sale, right? So, right. I mean, that's always there. but. Um, we have tools in place now that we're able to use where, for example, um, we were just looking at our first quarter performance um, through our social selling uh, program. And to just in Q1 alone this year, we've driven more revenue and pipeline than we did all of last year, right? So that, I think that begins to show the momentum that you're getting um, and enables you to start to calculate the return on investment. Um, that you 're making in this space, which is still we 're still investing ahead of the curve here let 's not make believe that we 're not um, but the the other the, the other I think important metric too is um, we now have a lot of tools for enabling social ambassadorship and sharing of information you know across teams and through their networks, and um, it 's very easy to measure the impact of that content that's being shared through these tools, whether it's how much content is being shared among the people who are, you know, your, your social and business ambassadors, and then what the reaction of the marketplace is to that content. Um, and so when you look at that holistically, you can really tell, um, is your social selling starting to have an impact on the business, you know, in a meaningful way? And I think we'll only continue to get more precision in how we measure this stuff.
0: Uh, a quick question for you before I move around the panel. Granularity. How granular? Can it be okay? How many tweets did you do today? How many times did you update your LinkedIn profile this month? Uh, how many uh, answers did you make? How many groups did you join on LinkedIn? How many uh, great messages did you share on how helpful you can be to our potential customers, our prospects? Is it—is it down to that level where you're almost on a timesheet type of reporting? <laughs>
3: Uh, I, I guess it depends on, I was looking at it more from the program point of view, right? So if you mm-hmm. have a social selling program, how do you measure the effect of that? Right. Um, versus, you know. Behavior. At the individual, I'm talking about behavior.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, at the individual level, um, you, you know, you, you you have to be careful how much you really, um, you know, I don't Monitor is probably the right word, but you don't want people to feel like this is a big brother situation, right? I mean, at the yeah. end of the day, we do want to hold people accountable for results. But as they're moving through that kind of maturity curve, you want to encourage them and show them examples of, you know, what's working as opposed to just having it feel like, you know, a sweatshop where you're you're counting how many right. dials per Per minute they're getting.
0: A boiler you know I mean? room, dialing for dollars. Exactly, Thank you. I just right. just was wondering if, if newer companies adopting get nervous about what the reaction will be in terms of how do people spending their time. Kirsten, let's get you in on this. Any thoughts on newer companies to social sell saying, selling saying, OMG, oh, we have to know every minute. Maybe they're just goofing off. Maybe they're just tweeting their friends. How do we know what they're doing spending their time? Does it get that granular that it gets big brother, big sister-ish insulting? Kirsten?
4: Uh, I think back to when I was in business development, and uh, and I was being pushed to make, at minimum, 100 dials a day. Uh, there you go. Okay. It, it was an impossible, it was an impossible um, task if you were going to have any meaningful conversation with anybody. Uh, and so it was... And it always felt like there was someone looking down on me, someone you know hovering over my shoulder, watching my fingers on the screen and And so I would hate for anyone else to feel that, especially with social because social is so fun to engage in it's so such a great way to build relationships and have fun talking to people, learning and growing and teaching that um, I would hate to ruin that um, that innate piece of social selling with having those those big mm-hmm. metrics. You know, you must uh, tweet mm-hmm. five to ten times today, or you must tweet seven times today, and if you don't, this is going to happen. You know, those, because um, it all depends on what's happening in the social conversation, what kind of reaction you get. Uh, you might Um, get into a conversation where you end up sending 17 tweets in a day because you're having an actual conversation with someone, whereas uh, you might, you know, you might send three or four tweets and and then you get, you know, somebody responds, but they respond in a different format and you spend, you know, an hour on the phone with them, you know, really digging deep and developing an opportunity. So it's, um, I don't think it necessarily needs to get that granular. Uh, You should see the results of of your efforts and if those results aren't there then that's when you need
0: to go back and say okay what are you doing where do we need to coach you along thank you very much let's circle back i think kurt shaver i owe you a comment on this thoughts
2: yeah i think jim had talked about crossing the chasm earlier and i think that the uh or the early adopters just know this inherently and they don't need an roi i think that Most of the people that really need the ROI to pull the trigger are probably going to be in the laggard group and and they're going to be at a competitive disadvantage for it. So I'm not a huge fan that you have to measure the ROI in order to go forward with um, something that seems to be pretty obvious, right? That, hey, the world is adopting the Internet and social networks. Get on board. Um, I think I used to always say nobody did an ROI on the telephone, and yet most sales departments use that as a tool Mm. and a technique. But uh, I was certainly one-upped by that, one of the best ROI arguments. If you haven't seen it, go check out on YouTube Gary Vannercheck, the mm-hmm. social media Gary expert. V. He's, yeah, mm-hmm. Gary V. Gary V. he's got a great clip there called, What's the ROI of Your Mother? <laughs> so if, if you, if you have, that was his response to a CMO that wanted an ROI on social media, and Gary's response was, What's the ROI of your mother? Check it out. It's worth a uh, two-minute laugh.
0: <laughs> I have to send that to my children and grandchildren, see what they say. Oh, okay. Thank you very much. Uh, by the way, Kirsten, one of our sponsors of another series, I'm telling tales out of school here, just you and me, Kirsten, uh, one of the sponsors of a different series asked me if I can tell her exactly how many people have shared links to her shows on LinkedIn and how many shares of posts on Twitter and et cetera, et cetera, very granular ROI. And I told her, I don't have those metrics, but you're welcome to go out and follow hashtag SAP radio and see where it goes. Am I right, Kirsten? Just go look for it. That's it. That's it. She's got the time. It's more power to her. We're busy hosting shows here. Let's go to our next comment. This is also from uh, from another guru who has been on the show. It's Coca Sexton. And Coca says, the future of social selling is not too ambiguous, to be honest. Companies that refuse to employ social selling techniques will become obsolete in five to ten years, say industry experts. And Coca says, in fact, in a short time, perhaps a few decades, social selling will just be called Selling, Kirsten, why don't you start this one? Uh, I would
4: um, hesitate to say it's going to be decades before we get there. I would think that within a few years, I mean, social moves so fast, and, and the, the adoption rate is, is actually quite um, – once people commit to it, the adoption rate is high because the value is there because they see the actual um, – in, in the, when they invest, they see the results. And so people um, will – We'll do it more and more often, uh, so I think that we're going to get there sooner rather than later. I would hope it's not decades before we call social selling just selling. I'm I'm actually hoping it's closer to like five years that we get there. Um, but I would absolutely agree with you know the the industry statements that you know those that don't employ social selling techniques are going to be obsolete because. Uh, that's where, the, that's where your business decision makers are. That's where your uh, customers are, your, you know, even your consumers are. Uh, if we're not there uh, ourselves, nobody's going to know about us. Nobody pays attention to the phone or to the email. They're, they are absolutely paying attention and getting their news from their social networks.
0: Kirsten, we're going to have to change the name of this series then. It'll have to be the series formerly known as Social Selling with Game Changers. <laughs> I, I, I think that's going to be a very big banner, a really big logo. We'll have to talk to the radio station's designers about that. <laughs> Kurt, Shaver, Kurt Shaver, join us. What do you think?
2: Well, I, I agree with Kirsten on the timeline. I, I think in two years the term social selling will have largely disappeared. It'll just be selling. It'll be just one of the tools like email, the telephone, face-to-face calls, video conference, right, and whatever, virtual reality selling, whatever we haven't thought of uh, at that point. So uh, I think it will just um, fold into natural selling. And uh, so you'll have to be looking for, yeah, a new logo, slogan or uh, logo for the, for the radio show.
0: <laughs> oh, dear, I'll have to get working on it now. Go ahead, uh, Jim Fields, what do you think?
3: So I agree with the first part of the comment and disagree with the second part. So oh, good. We love
0: disagreement. Talk.
3: Companies that aren't adopting social selling techniques uh, and enabling their people to become experts in that are self-selecting into um, you know irrelevance. And so I do, I do agree with that part of the comment. I disagree with equating social selling with selling and that mm. the implication that social selling becomes the same definition as selling. Um, And I think that's a dangerous assumption to make because at the end of the day, selling is always about people, connecting with people. Um, You know, our old CMO, Jonathan Becker, used to say, people don't buy software from glass buildings. Mm -hmm. And I think it's the same thing for social selling. Social selling is a tool that enables um, skilled sales and marketers to make better connections, but it's only a tool. It's not the totality of what you would define as the selling process.
0: Oh, interesting. I, I like that a lot. I think I did we cover everybody or Jim? Did I get you on this one? I think I owe you, Jim.
3: I think you just got me on that one.
0: I got you on that one. Okay, now I got everybody: Kurt, Jim, Kirsten. Yep. I'm ready to. Got everybody. I'm ready. Good. Oh, I'm trying to do too many things here, a little multitasking. Let's instead of going to a predictions round, I have a prediction here from Barbara Giamanco, social selling speaker and author. She has been on several of our Game Changers shows. He's, she's very near and dear to us. And here's what Barb says in in this article on the Seven Gurus or Seven Thought Leaders speak. She says the number one priority. Now let me read this little quote. As a sales leader, I know the pressure you feel to increase revenue and pipeline, but a nice social profile and a few interviews. Interactions in a social network won't do it. That's the the setup. Here's the punch. Ensuring that every salesperson in your sales organization has superb selling skills should be your number one top priority. Now, she didn't say social selling skills. She said superb selling skills. So I'm not sure if that's meant to be ambiguous or enough. Let's go back to Kurt Shaver. Uh, Agree, disagree, and give it your own shading. And this is going to be our predictions round. So why don't you take about 90 seconds. Go ahead, Kurt.
2: Well, I would certainly say you want to have superb selling skills as the baseline to build upon. I would consider social selling skills, you know, the the newer kind of icing on the cake that differentiate yourself from the competition, the take it to the next level skill set. So I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't advocate a total focus on social selling at the expense of having sound sales skills because again, uh, the 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 sales principles are tried and true since you know, Dale Carnegie and Win Friends and Influence People in 1936. So I, I think it's a both. I don't think it's an either or. I think it's a both. You've got to have sound sales principles. Let's start there mm-hmm. and layer on top of it. And the current popular productive layer is social selling skills.
0: Thank you. Very thoughtful answer. Appreciate that. Jim Fields, add to it, please.
3: I think you need to have superb selling skills, and I think you need to have superb things to sell, right? Because over mm. time, just selling skills uh, on top of you know, insufficient products or services is, is not going to get you there. So I think leaders need to make sure that their salespeople are armed both with those selling skills and, and differentiated products and services that, that will help them be successful.
0: Interesting, and I'm going to add one more shade of meaning before we get Kirsten on this. Barbara, uh, in this article, they say Barb also means technology is just an enabler, and what what our panelists have just said, sales teams need to implement a proper foundation before adopting social selling to complement their sales strategies. Aha, there we go. Kirsten, closing thoughts on this one?
4: I would absolutely agree with Barb. She's she's made a really good point that, you know, you can't just... um, give to a brand-new sales rep, you know, here's your LinkedIn sales navigator, here is your Twitter account, go to it. Uh, if they don't understand how to how to actually um, engage in the buyer journey, engage with a customer, and and really, um, you know, drive that conversation forward, having those tools in hand is not going to, to do anything for them. Um, and so, uh, you know, they have to have that baseline understanding of what sales – uh, methodologies are, and social selling comes on top of that, but it is social selling is a change in the mindset of how we engage because you know all of those baseline um, sales skills were were based on you know email and phone uh, and and face to face communications now with social selling you have they have to understand that it's a brand new way of engaging and that it it really is. Um, It complements those same uh, sales methodologies and and sales skills, but
0: they have to make sure that they use it in the proper way to get the the best um, return on investment for it. Thank you very much. And let's look at the clock. By the way, for some reason, my calendar, my iCalendar wants to tell me 10 times in the past hour that tomorrow is thomas jefferson's birthday can anybody (laughs) tell me what that has to do with life well let's all say happy birthday thomas jefferson there we got that out of the way thank you very much uh i'm going to give you each just a one sentence closing on your own predictions i know we're going to meet again at some near point in the future so uh, kurt shaver just quickly one sentence predictions on social your own social sailing go
2: I think the value of social selling in the next year is going to move beyond just a lead generation technique to actually complement parts of the sales cycle further along.
0: Okay, I like that. Thank you, Jim Fields. Talk. One sentence.
2: I think social selling will
3: be named Time Magazine's Person of the Year. For
0: <laughs> <laughs> what a picture that's going to be. Are you going to be the face of that? We'll see. Kirsten Boyleau, one sentence. Talk to me.
4: <laughs> I can't stop laughing about Jim's uh, prediction. <laughs> um, my prediction would be that... Um, Marketing and sales will get even closer together over the next year, and uh, and we'll really see the value of that that combined relationship um, bear fruit.
0: Oh, very interesting. Playing nicely in the sandbox. I like that a lot. Our topic today, in case you haven't guessed, is social selling. Fantasy or fix, hype or hope. We certainly explored a lot of opportunities for social selling to succeed. Some of the yes do, no don't. We talked about experts in the field. And of course, we had our three experts. And a big thank you to Kurt Shaver at the Sales Foundry, Jim Fields at SAP, and Kirsten Boyleau at SAP for playing with us. I think it's been a very interesting conversation. Kirsten, what do you think of the new format? You like it?
4: I quite liked it, actually. It was really fun to have those uh, deep conversations
0: and, and debates about um, you know, topics that are already out there and that uh, people
4: are already talking about.
0: Then I think we'll do that for upcoming shows. And you can tell Jill, we're looking forward to having her on the show in a couple of weeks. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and I want to say thank you so much to my three extraordinary panelists. They know how to think on their feet and talk and schmooze. And, uh, they were smiling the whole time. I could tell Kurt Shaver, Jim Fields, Kirsten Boilo, Thank you so much. And a shout out to Justin and the business channel team, as always, for getting us on the air. We'll talk to you tomorrow on our live edition of Coffee Break with Game Changers and have a great one. So here's my call to action in your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a Game Changer today. Bye-bye.
1: Thanks again for tuning in to Social Selling with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again Tuesdays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.